Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million. My First Million is hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They feature famous guests. They discuss how companies made their first million and then some. They brainstorm new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. Here are some of the topics they talk about. If you like any of these, you will love the show. Three profitable business ideas that you should start in 2022. Drunk business ideas that could make you millions. Asking the founder of Grammarly how he built a $13 billion company or SaaS companies that anybody can start. If these topics are up your alley, go check out My First Million. Listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, my guest is Luke Lentz. He is the founder and CEO of High Key Enterprises. He's a serial entrepreneur. He stepped out of an economics class at 16 to start his first e-commerce business. 90 days later, he sold his entire inventory at a 375% ROI. He'll walk you through exactly what he did, and he'll also walk you through some of the lessons that he learned and some of the things that didn't go so well when he first got into dropshipping and entrepreneurship. Now he's built high-key enterprises from the ground up. What they focus on is they focus on helping people build their personal brand, also helping businesses build their personal brand online. Some of the strategies that he's used for his clients, he's used on himself, which is what's so incredible because how many people talk about being a great social media agency or a personal brand building agency or whatnot, and they can't even do it for their own accounts. But he's amassed a following over 1 million on his own social media accounts. He's worked with and partnered with some of the largest celebrities in the world, including 21 Savage, Cardi B, 6ix9ine. Um, what do we go into? Okay, so we spoke about his origin story, going into dropshipping very early on, some of the wins and the losses and the highs and the lows. Uh, that he learned getting into entrepreneurship at a very, very young age. Uh, we spoke about building a digital agency from the ground up, how he differentiates high key because the space in digital agency is so noisy. There's a million and one digital agencies that you're competing with if you try and start one. Uh, we spoke about personal brand, how he built his personal brand, how he builds brands for businesses and for clients without spending money on ads. We spoke about the three key elements of personal brand. We spoke about niching down at the beginning of your business journey and the importance of niching down. We spoke about how to get press publications. We spoke about the importance of money, connections, relationships, and how that all ties in to your personal branding, press uh, strategy. We spoke about the win-win-win formula tied to social media giveaways and some of the celebrities and influencers that he works with. We spoke about his foray into crypto decentralized social media or DSO and how he's bringing Web3 into a traditional marketing environment to create an incredible community. And then lastly, we spoke about some of the lessons that he's learned building a business, which are just great entrepreneurial lessons, but also he's done it with his two brothers. And that adds a whole other level of complexity. Um, so he spoke about building the business with his brothers and some of the positives and negatives that you get when you build business with family. So let's jump right into it. This is Luke Lintz. He is the founder and CEO of High Key Enterprises. Born and raised in Winnipeg, 20 years there. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, okay, Canadian boy from Winnipeg. Um, when did you, okay, so what's the first version? Because uh, right now you do a lot of stuff. You were throwing a party last Friday. You started uh, an NFT project. Um, you've been, you built your own. So I don't, I don't want to call it marketing agency. I don't know what you actually call what you do. It's an agency of some sort. You're doing stuff. But what did you start with? Like, how did you get into building your own business? How did you get into working with your brothers? All that. 
Yeah, so I was in I was in grade ten at high school. Okay, and I started with an e commerce company okay. uh, called High Key Technology, and so we sold a wireless earbuds before any other wireless earbud company. AirPods weren't out, Samsung Galaxy Gear Icon, none of them. We basically like thought of the idea of wireless earbuds because we were gym bros and we were yeah. like, "Damn, we hate when the cords get ripped out." <laughs> and so like we had that problem, and so we were finding the solution. So we found found wireless earbuds on uh, Alibaba. Only one pair of wireless earbuds at the time purchased them uh did a bulk order figured out a name high key uh slapped our logo on a bulk order of like a hundred of them and then just started selling them through instagram through like different types of content like marketing we had no idea what we were doing i was in grade 10 of high school my brother was in his first year of university my older brother first year of university in business and so we had no idea what we were doing we were just testing different stuff it just like we got really lucky because we had a winning product just right off the bat and we struck gold and we we made sixty thousand dollars in sales in the first like uh four months you over had no idea what you're doing no idea yeah sixty thousand dollars and like we were the doing shopify shit like yeah, shopify like... straight okay. shop built a shopify store with just wireless earbuds on them and and it like it kind of hit and so we were like wow we could we could run this up and so we just kept doing more marketing kept testing what what was working we were doing mainly like instagram meme pages so we were we were making content of ourselves with like product placing the earbuds in it and then making and then posting that content on meme pages like Instagram pages with like million plus followers. And then we got to a point where we we ran up the the business to uh, seven figures in sales uh, with knowing nothing. And so and was it just did you hire out or was this just like you and your brothers and you're just managing this dropshipping store? You found some meme accounts. You're throwing stuff up on there and you're selling. So seven figures, a lot of volume. Yeah. For like not having anybody, yeah. right? Just pure drop shipping. So that must have been like customer service headaches sometimes and shit like that. Yeah, it, it was it was myself, my older brother, and then one other business partner that we had at the time. And uh, one our other business partner handled all the customer service, so all the emails and stuff. I handled. I taught myself video editing and graphic design, so I used Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Premiere, edited all the content because we were like our entire source of income was through content marketing only thing we didn't run any direct advertising it was like just through content on instagram we grew to seven figures just content on instagram back in 2016 2017 yeah and then uh oh my god dude we made some crazy mistakes with that business like wild mistakes like so okay so why did you why did you kill that business yeah it's <laughs> like it, okay because everyone who's listening is like oh that's going great like these like these like kids Kind of got a little lucky, probably a little less lucky over time because you start to figure shit out and you yeah. start to learn and whatnot. So at some point, I'm sure you figured out like what content resonates, how to run a proper store. Like you, you know how to scale it now, scale it seven figures. Congratulations. That's a lot more than what I was doing <laughs> in high school. Um, so why did you kill it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we were doing really good. We brought on consulting. Like we started bringing on like really good people in the industry at Facebook ads and they were consulting us about how to create a better website and everything and everything was scaling up. But then we made a major error where we had wireless earbuds that was making seven figures in revenue unbelievable product and it was because it was winning because it was before apple airpods samsung galaxy like and everybody wanted wireless earbuds and so we didn't really draw that correlation because now we were hitting a time where apple airpods just came out 
and huge buzz went around that in the entire Wallace earbuds game and brought traction away from us. So there was that component of things. And then there was also the component of things where we were always long-term thinkers. And so we were thinking of this could be a very long-term brand, but we need to branch out just from Wallace earbuds. So people don't see us as just a Wallace earbuds brand. Diversify. Exactly. And then, so we created a few other products. We created a, a really cool portable speaker that was so dope. The quality was off the charts and we paid like it, it was like wholesale us buying in bulk forty dollars per We're still speaker. doing drop shipping at this point you're good N- not not doing drop shipping anymore and we'll get we'll, okay. and we'll get into that and then so so we we ordered uh we bulk ordered backpacks charging backpacks that we completely designed i fully designed them like i i taught myself design work and how i communicate with the supplier's design we went through seven prototypes and we brought it to a charging backpack and this thing was sick like i loved repping it and we have these backpacks to this day and uh, we basically were so involved in this backpack and so committed to it because of how much time we spent to it. We didn't do any product market research. So we didn't like test the product at all in the marketplace. How much money did you spend on it? Dude, dude. We, so I, I, I see where this is going and it's like, it sounds like it was a fucking nightmare. I've explained this story so many times and like, it hurts me every single time because like, if we just had a business mentor at the time and we asked them like one simple question, like if we asked them one simple question, it would have all been avoided, yeah. but we didn't have anybody at the time. And so, uh, what, what it was is basically we were coming up on Christmas time which was our biggest year, we would make biggest time of the year, we would make 60% of our entire yearly sales in Black Friday to Cyber Monday. And so we were coming up on Christmas time, and we were like, listen, we need to make sure we have enough inventory so that we don't sell out. And so it was our greedy mind talking being like, we don't want to sell out so we can maximize our sales when in reality, looking back, we should have just sold out and it would have been sick, it would have created more demand. And so I, I, I was doing calculations like kind of like out of nowhere, like a thin air because I had no, no business like knowledge in terms of like doing doing like research estimating how much we would need in terms of like at that specific time. And so we bought 2000 backpacks because like that was the minimum order quantity they gave us because it was like a prototype and we took a loan for it because our cash flow wasn't at, at there at, at the level, time. Yeah. And so we took a loan from our dad actually and uh dude it was really bad it was really bad we went into christmas time sold only 100 backpacks which was like still pretty good like 100 backpacks being it would have been good if you didn't have 2000 <laughs> it would have been good yeah. if we didn't have 2000 and then it just kept downward spiraling into more airs basically we bought the 2000 backpacks we didn't account for freight in shipping which is mm-hmm. the shipping from china bulk yeah. inventory of 2000 to the us turned out to be like $50,000 of shipping costs didn't account for freight out shipping which is shipping from the U.S. to each individual customer, which was like twenty dollars per backpack. Yeah. We we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on that one that one backpack mistake, and yeah. But most people, okay, say so yes. That I, <laughs> that sucks. I think that yeah, of course, a business mentor, or somebody who would have sort of pointed you in the right direction. Like there's like twenty red flags that even if you were just telling me this story before you did it, I'd be like, well, check this, check this, and check that. But Okay, so that's fine, but you still now you're in the hole, but you still had a winning formula. So it's not like the first e-com, the first iteration of your e-com store didn't work. Like it was working. So why didn't you go back to that model? Like how did you deal with this hundred plus thousand dollars in debt? Yeah, so it's amazing that you brought that up because it was the aspect of us having a winning model. And so basically, after us being in debt, 
and uh and looking like basically like outside and being like how do we get out of the hole here what it was is that we weren't necessarily good at drop shipping we weren't necessarily good at like selling products but what we knew we were for sure good at is bringing in revenue and building a brand because like that's how all of our sales came in was through content marketing building a brand on instagram building a brand on social media and then marketing and so what we decided was uh it, it, it was it was during the summer of like summer of 2018 where we were like let's let, let's turn this into uh, a marketing agency okay and build a marketing agency start selling services to other product-based businesses and and brands and so we were thinking about that and then the only other thing was like how do we get customers for that that makes sense okay so i want to just before you go into that because that that's yeah. sort of like the first version of what you were doing pre nfts correct exactly okay yeah so just a just a point any lessons from taking money from your parents? Because I'm just curious what the dynamic was at that point in your family. Dude, never, never, ever, ever, ever take money from your parents. Like That was stressful. It, oh, dude, we were living with our dad at the time. I was living with my dad. And like, I, I'm, I've never been inherently good at communicating with people, especially people who are close to me. Mm -hmm. Something that I struggled with always, uh, especially about like very stressful matters. And so we were living with our dad. I wasn't communicating with him with how our business was actually doing uh, and like that we were like big time in the hole and I owed money to him and I was trying to figure out a way that wasn't a proven way to get out of the hole. And so like there were so many dynamics that was by far the most stressful time in my entire life. Um, how did you, okay, so what was, so obviously you're not, it's tough starting a business when you're not in a good mental space either. Because already you're coming from like a very stressed out place. So every decision you're making in the back of your mind, you're only thinking like, how the fuck do I repay my dad? Like, how the fuck do I repay my dad? So, okay. So you figured it out though, obviously. So what was the first version? Um, what was the first version of the marketing agency? How did you, because that's something that you've never done either. Yeah. So, so the first version was me just bringing it up to my brother, bringing okay. up the idea of it. And it was just at the idea stage for like about three months where like it was tossing around the idea being like being like i think that this could be a way that we could make it back and like that we could actually grow something huge from this but us not having a plan there at all because we've never we've never done that and then it just so happened that we were out for we were out for lunch one day with our with our mom uh, myself and my two brothers and there's this person right behind us uh in our hometown in winnipeg and uh he's talking about real estate and he's just talking with his so it seemed to be his business partner across mm -hmm. the table uh talking about just bashing his current marketing team being like this is horrible the content is horrible i've been spending so much of my own time on this and my mom overheard that when he walks up to to leave the room uh my, my mom says excuse me sir uh i heard that you were talking about marketing and then he's like yes i was and then my mom's like my sons are actually unbelievable marketers and she knew because we talked with our mom about like us wanting to and how possibly... you made money with the e-commerce company and how you were working with like instagram accounts and yeah and possibly getting into an agency space yeah, and yeah, so yeah. she had that in the back of her mind and then uh his name was stefan stefan arnio and uh he, he was he he leaned down at us and he's like how old are you and i'm like i'm 18 and he's like how old are you to my older brother and he's like he's like i'm 21 he's like perfect he writes down his number on, <laughs> he writes down his number on a postcard he hands it to me he's like give me a call here and he gave me exact time it was like give me a call at 4 p.m cst uh and woo me that's what he said and then he left that's all he said 
and he wrote down his name and number. And so afterwards we, we were like, whoa, what? Like we searched him up on social media and he looked like a complete scam complete scam he had he had an instagram page said real estate in the bio and then like he had pictures of like pizza and like just like girls that he was with like random stuff we're like this is a for sure a scam on google there was nothing and so i i gave him a call and uh i'm like we want to set up an in-person meeting and so we set up an in-person meeting we went to his office and we were we were at the office and he had an entire team and we were like wow this could be real so what did you do for him? That was your first client. Yeah. I'm yeah, I set up a huge proposal, massive proposal. We said we would take over everything, every single social media platform, all content. I would film it, edit it myself. I would do everything. And it was 5,000 a month. And he's like, listen, guys, I'll give you a try for two months. He's like, if it does well, then we'll keep going. Over two months, we crushed it. Literally, absolutely slammed it. Like he he got 10,000 followers on Instagram naturally just by the type of content we were getting him to film. We were making him go way outside of his comfort zone doing viral content. And then after two months, he paid us $10,000 and he was right with his word. And then he's like, I want to partner with you guys. And I, I, want to, I want to bring all of my clients who are high level. He was a real estate investing coach. And so he was, he had a ton of real estate investors. And so he was able to bring that to, to us. And you just, you just copied and pasted that playbook, like that, that content marketing playbook. Cause you're like, I think that people are, are used to that kind of style of content now. Like you have to put yourself out there and whatnot. You have to be creating viral stuff. You have to be going on video and whatnot. So probably the stuff you're doing when you started working with him, but a lot of agencies were be, were not forward thinking in their marketing and they kind of just sucked, especially people in the real estate industry, super legacy. So you were sort of modernizing them and bringing them up to speed with how like marketing should be and how now businesses try and act on social. Exactly. Like yeah. there's so much content going out on a 100%. daily basis, like every single second, the yeah. amount of content that's going on. So you really have to do some creative stuff to like set yourself apart. Okay. So you started building that agency out was okay. Was that high key? Was that so that that was so we had high key technology, okay. which was the e commerce company. And then we were like, let's just keep rolling with the high key brand. So we yeah. so we separated into high key agency, which was the, specifically social media management for clients. Okay, cool. And so we partnered with Stefan Stefan Arneo on that. And we, we partnered up and then uh, he he sent us like a few clients right off the bat. And then uh, and then things just started rolling after that. So like, you started getting more clients, still still social media agency work at that point. Yeah. Okay, cool. All social media management, like awesome. doing management on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then uh, TikTok when it started coming around in YouTube. But that's still hard to scale with just how many people are you working with right now? <laughs> so, dude, the, right after we signed our second client on Hikey yeah. Agency, that's when we hired our first ever employee. And so, uh, yeah, he, he was a good employee that hired and he, he, he came into the business and treated it like it, it, it was his own for a while. And, and just a question on that, like when you started doing this, is this, what was the strategy that you actually used for social back then? Is it still applicable now or has, has shit changed? Yeah. Uh, stuff's definitely changed, but like the main stuff is just like capturing the attention of a, of a user. So like it never really changes inherently. It just like changes platforms and then different platforms. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. 
Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. 
Now, I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Platforms are used for different things, and then they'll always keep changing. And so, like, there's there's things with every single platform, like YouTube. Like, you have about, like, five to ten seconds to hook the audience. Your thumbnail needs to be uh, absolutely amazing. Eye-catching needs to relate to the, the content. Uh, the title, it's very SEO-based, and so the title and the description needs to needs to be good for, like, SEO optimi- optimization for people to search it. Instagram is, like, very fast pace ig reels are unreal uh it's still picture based so it's still like still gotta hook people in and whatnot and get people well it's also because like i've noticed that and you probably know this because you're in social but and we were talking outside about like my content strategy and just and then i'm sitting down with you i'm like fuck this guy knows (laughs) i'm just telling him my content strategy like yeah okay all right let's let's move on like i already know this shit um but no for all the for all the new features that like platforms launch like they give massive organic reach too yeah so you can nail like we were talking and i was like oh i gotta figure out like youtube shorts and snapchat spotlights and reels and because they give massive organic reach which is half the reason why it's so damn hard to grow on instagram now because your organic reach when you're starting a brand new account is like nothing big time yeah so. yeah and, and and that's why I like that's why I, I i wish i went a bit harder on tiktok when it was like really popping and it's just gonna it's still popping right now but it's yeah. like steadily decreasing like it is with everything as as more content gets published on the platform the creators come onto it yeah. exactly uh-huh yeah but like those types of things are 
unbelievable to capitalize on. And that's like how we started our first business with the e-commerce space yeah. is we capitalized on Instagram because the the natural engagement was unreal. We had 10,000. I was just showing my my buddies the other night. It's like uh, we scrolled all the way down the at Co Instagram feed and we had like 10 to like 20,000 Instagram followers at the time getting like 2 million view videos on our Instagram account. Exactly like TikTok is now yeah. and w with like our own faces. And so like we have so many followers on that account that like were with us since the OG days of like watching us like progress to this. But point. you also like I know you go onto new platforms because I saw like I saw you on BitCloud. Yeah. So you jump onto new social and shit and you're like you're trying to figure that out. Like you're still obviously like very much with it and you're still trying to but you don't do do you still do like the day to day social management for agencies? No, no, no. no. I, I exited that about uh I exited that quickly. Why? Very quickly. Why? Because I want to, I, I, I've always wanted to get to a point of like scaling a business. And so like- It's hard to scale. Yeah, very hard to scale. And so like, uh, I, I actually realized a huge talent of mine is like, I'm really good at hiring people. Really good. I'm really good at seeing like value propositions in people that like are, are like their skill sets, even if they don't see it in themselves. And so I, I, I found that like after I hired our first three employees at High Key Agency, I'm like, I'm better than this even at social media management. So I just need to find people that are better than me at social media management. And we have that now. Like we, I have an unbelievable team of social media managers better than me. And like I, I get on our weekly calls. We, we have two times a week about all of our social media management clients and th they bring up ideas that i couldn't even think about on for, yeah. for different by the way i actually yeah. did i actually didn't mean like do you specifically still do the work for people yeah. i meant like are you still in the like the content creation game because i know that you do other yeah. stuff now because now you work with uh, like celebrities and influencers you do some sort of like giveaway thing as well yeah and i think you you do pr as well because you do like a whole gamut of shit now. yeah yeah okay. yeah C content is a forever game okay. yeah i always want to be in the content and so like i go through like and, and I want to get to a point of being consistent, but like I go through like bits and periods of yeah. like doing more content than normal. Like my Instagram page is like, I, I don't really post that much business stuff on like my main feed. I just like keeping it like looking cool. Yeah. And then uh, I make videos every once in a while for a business account, high key agency. And then we fly to every single celebrity, practically every single celebrity that we film like our giveaway collaborations with. And that's that's content that goes up on on Very high cool. key clout. Uh -huh. Okay, so I want to understand. Um, I want to understand how you work with celebrities. And then I also want to understand how you built your personal brand because I'm sure. assuming what you do for your clients that like you just take the playbook that's worked for yeah. you and then you're using it on your clients. Too. Yeah. So what is what is the celebrity play? What is the giveaway play? How does that work? Why do you go into that? Because that's something that I've seen some people do, but I don't quite understand it um, from like a marketing perspective. And yeah, like walk through that piece. This is cool. We're like literally going through like the timeline yeah, of, of like everything. I find it interesting yeah. <laughs> because like what I'm trying to do is like every, every, you've done a couple of businesses. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like why you've gone into each one, how you've made it successful and sort of like lessons to pull out of that particular business. Because I know people that are going to be listening to this that are trying to start like a social agency. So like from day one, like what are the things you want to get into? Well, you're trying to hire the right people. You're trying to figure out how to scale yourself. Like don't do all the work yourself. Maybe try and find retainer clients. It's another thing you mentioned as opposed to people that just go into like freelancing work and they just literally want to start a business, but they just started another job. Right. Yeah. So that's why I like pulling out the different stages because you've done so many different things and then we'll eventually get to NFTs and all that. Shit. <laughs> so, so the biggest thing of starting up an agency for me is, and I think for everybody who's starting up an agency is having an all-star client. 
So having a client that you can show all other potential clients. And so what we did is the person we partnered up with, Stefan Arnio, we used him as our all-star client. So we over-delivered so much on his services. Like even though he was a partner, he was still paying for services for his personal, but he was paying like he was paying like seven thousand a month for us handling everything, which is like really, really cheap when you get into like where where if he had in-house people, he would need minimum like three in-house people to handle all of his stuff, yeah. like content on every single social media platform, scripting, management, all of that, outreach, all of that. And so we just way over delivered on his stuff. And every client who we got on the phone with, which was mainly in the real estate space, is we would send them his profile and we'd be like, do you want your page to look like this? And it was always like, yes. Yeah. And then the only other thing rebuttal was like price. Yeah. And then I, I just had to convey the value and the price to them. And, okay. and and so that was the main thing is setting up the setting up the all-star client. But then we got to a stage where we were growing him so much and our our personals were at like a thousand followers, no content on it. And I was getting rebuttals on sales calls being like, if you believe in this so much, why aren't you doing this for yourself? Yeah. And I, I, it was like a switch, a switch in, in my yeah. head. And I'm like, whoa. And practically since that, since that time and since that like idea and like that, that brain switch is like every single service we, we have ever sold since then we've tested on ourselves beforehand. Okay. And so that that's when we started working on our personal brands, which come back uh, to yeah, yeah. working with our per personal brands is we started working on our personal brands with growth management content. And so like we were, we were practicing what we were preaching basically. Okay, uh -huh. cool. So you started building up your personal brand. You're practicing what you're preaching. That's a smart sales strategy, of course. But, um, and that's funny because not a lot of people actually focus on that. Yeah. You see people that like sell very expensive. 7K for all inclusive is like cheap. Like yeah. you can do like 10, 20. I've worked with agencies that are upwards of 50K yeah. for some like super extensive marketing plans. So 7K is relatively cheap. But if you don't, you know, if you look at an agency and you're like, yo, we're going to run your social and they have like 200 followers on their Instagram, you're like, really, what, what can you do for me? Why haven't you done it for yourself? Anyways, okay, so the whole celebrity giveaway thing, what is that? How the hell did you think of this particular business model? Because that's not something you copied and pasted from like just like another agency. Yeah. So, so after after we ran the agency for a bit, it yeah. was self-sustaining, really good. We Hired had out teams. Yeah, 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 we had about we had about six employees, uh, six employees at the time, about 10 contractors that were pretty much full time working on like all of our clients. We were bringing in all on monthly retainers, the clients. And so we were bringing in revenue and we didn't have to worry about money anymore. Practically, uh, we still had the loan that we had to pay off, which was still a burden, <laughs> but like we knew we were on the track yeah. to finally getting there and stuff started being in that upward spiral instead yeah. of the downward spiral. And we got connected with other people in the industry that we've been connected with like all the way through even the e-commerce days of when we were selling like products. And these one guys uh, were doing these giveaways they were doing very, very small giveaways, like 10,000 follower giveaways, 5,000 follower giveaways with people like uh, Supreme Patty, like really, really like uh, mid, mid level influencers. And we were like, interesting, because a lot of our clients are having the problem that Instagram engagement levels are inherently going down. Yeah natural following is going down even though that they still have to be playing out content and so like a constant concern of them and they were like uh, we had a few clients that were like we're leaving unless you guys can get us followers because you were because you were so good at it it almost like bit you in the ass because then as instagram and there's more creators on instagram reach is going down so even though you're operating at the same level 
people are like, I'm not getting the results that I saw a year and a half ago. So like figure it out. Yeah, and, and it's really hard if you're doing a service-based business to be charging people the same price with them getting like slightly less results. Like course, they're, they're yeah. trying to like constantly scale and it's hard to scale against like a decreasing platform. Yeah, And so that's what we were handling with Instagram. And so we, that's when we got found out about giveaways okay. where like it was practically the only way to grow scalable growth on Instagram. Significant growth. Within Instagram's terms yeah. of service. People obviously know you can go on panels on Google and like buy 10,000 fake followers. That's bullshit it, anyways, it, yeah. Bullshit, it would, it would uh, destroy your Instagram account and like uh, Instagram accounts get disabled all the time from this. But these loop giveaways, they're like called like loop giveaways. Basically a celebrity or influencer promotes a giveaway. They say, guys, I'm giving out like cash or I'm giving out this car. And they actually give away those prizes. And then they say, all you have to do to enter is go over to this Instagram account and follow everybody that they're following. And so they go over to a host account, which like in when we first started like in the giveaway space, there were no host account, like people had no brand associated with it. And it was like miscellaneous pages, like just being like a random giveaway one, 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 like go into this and follow everybody that they follow. And yeah. it looks sketchy. And, but it got the job done and it got 10,000 followers for our clients and they were more than happy. They stayed with us and then they started paying for the giveaways. And what we realized is we start, we could start reselling, uh, these people who are already running these giveaways, we could resell spots for them and like create a whole new revenue stream other than just the social media management that we're doing. And so we started reselling giveaways and like they were going like very fast. People, everybody. You, but the, the secret in this is like actually getting the celebrity on board because for sure I can tell, I can sell somebody like, oh, I'll, I'll get you 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 followers. That's, that's not a hard sell. Yeah. But like, how do you get like a, I don't know, like a Taiga or something like that? Like, how do you get somebody like that? So before, when we were first getting going, there was there was no celebrities in this. It was only like influencers. So okay, it was mid-level okay. influencers. And they, they were getting paid like $5,000, $10,000 to do a giveaway, okay. which was easy for them. The, the, the pitch was, hey, do you want five to $10,000 for one Instagram post that you leave up for seven days and you're giving away stuff to your yeah. audience? And they're like, it's a no brainer yes and so like that's that was an easy pitch for mid-level influencers but then once we started selling we started selling like 20 sponsorship spots a giveaway and we were like yo we could run these giveaways ourselves and do exactly what we do best which is brand these giveaways and so we started up an instagram channel called at high key clout which was our giveaway channel. We, we pegged that as our giveaway channel. And we called it High Key Clout because High Key, our main name, and then Clout because people were able to get clout in the easiest way possible by sponsoring our giveaways. And so we started, we ran our first giveaway and we were like, let's do this like out of the water. Let's run this like crazy. And we, we put together 10, 10 influencers where it's, it was never like really done before. There was like a couple of really big giveaways before, but we put together 10 influencers and uh, we ran a massive giveaway. They gave away like $20,000 and it was huge. Like Bad Baby was a part of it. And uh, we just got connected them through our past connections. And we paid a ton of money, but we also made a ton of money. We made, we, we paid out like $150,000 to all the, all the like mid tier influencers yeah. and then made about a hundred grand profit, uh, from like the, the giveaway sponsorships. That's not bad. And then that's how people are actually, that's how somebody can actually grow because then you get like massive influxes of real people because you're getting exposure across somebody's 
5 million, 10 million person audience. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so after we did that first giveaway, we had a fair amount of capital from that and our agency, and we were able to start making some huge pitches. So we made pitches to everybody we possibly could. Uh, we started doing outreach campaigns to managers that we were connected with. And we, we, we it just was an upwards uh, snowball. Like yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we did giveaways with Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, DaBaby, Little Baby, Bella Thorne. And it, it, it was, it's, an unbelievable business model because everybody wins in it. And we also gain these connections with these A-list celebrities. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now as a leader, you're always on the lookout for more ways to arm yourself with knowledge, the books, the seminars, and most importantly, the podcast that help you make the best possible decision for you, your company, your customers, because when you know more, you can apply more and you can grow. With HubSpot CRM platform, you can store, track, manage, and report on all the tasks and activities that make up your relationships with customers. With a bird's eye view over all your customer interactions, HubSpot empowers your decision making like never before. So you can give your business and your customers all the good you've got. Learn how to make your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So the only thing that I want to challenge you on is how is this a defensible business model? So how do you differentiate versus someone else who just listens to this and is like, I want to go into this now? Yeah. So the diff the the competitive edge that yeah. we had is the brand. Okay. And so our Instagram account and it's what we so this do takes best. It back to it takes back to why you're building a personal brand, exactly. why it's so important. Exactly. Okay. And so the Instagram page that we have at Heike Cloud, it's verified on Instagram. So every single person who's entering the giveaway is able to go to that hosted page, show that we're legitimate. Also, we have over 1 million followers. You can scroll back all the way to 2018, showing our first giveaway campaign. Yeah. We've given away over $1.5 million just on that one Instagram page. $1.5 million like verified, given away in cash, prizes like PS5s and iMacs, and then also cars. There you go. Okay, so uh -huh. then um, as you, okay, so this was, when was this, this time period for the actual, like the giveaway, that was sort of like the next version of the high key agency um, this was up until just recently, right? And then you started to go into NFTs. Is that correct? So, or was so, there other so giveaways, uh, giveaways start picking up like for us, uh, where we started doing our own giveaways in 2019 okay. and then all the way up until now. And we're going to be doing giveaways for the rest of our lives for sure. And, and help me understand something else as well, because it's something that I was trying to figure out if I wanted to actually take part in a giveaway. Yeah. So how do I, how do I know which giveaways work for me? Meaning if I go with like a Cardi B, for example, how do I know that her audience works with me versus if I went with like, obviously there's not a ton of like business influencers that are like a Cardi B or probably have that level yeah. of reach, but still that would be a better audience. I know it's a really, it's a really common question that we get with practically every single sponsor that we have that's like new to the giveaway space. And it's, it's this comparison that's like best, best for it. Like it's the only way to build scalable Instagram followers, only way on Instagram. So like, if you're trying to grow your Instagram, this is the only way. Give us, and, okay, give us, give give me, give, uh -huh. give us, give those people listening numbers. So when when you spend X amount of dollars, because I'm trying to compare it to other marketing. So if somebody was like, oh, I'm a marketer, I run, for example, maybe I run ads, yeah. to try and get influence, uh, to, to get, get followers, to get followers, right? Yeah. So there's like a, there's a dollar per follower exactly. or whatever it is, or maybe $2 per follower. If you, there's one book called, I think a million followers where he tries to like run ads and like, all these like other countries around the world that are like a lower CPM and he gets like 20 cents per follower or whatever. Yeah. So what's like the actual 
dollar value per follower. Yeah, so we ran Facebook ads to get followers without yeah. a giveaway associated, just with like, for example, you like cutting up your content on yeah. your podcast, delivering it to an audience that you're looking for in the US, which was obviously be really targeted. And you'd be paying about like two to $3 per follower, but it'd be like really targeted yeah. business people. And it would, it, it's not like inherently like extremely scalable because two to $3 could fluctuate a ton because there's no real way to like, target for followers and there's very like no just, you're right there isn't yeah, yeah. And, and if you think about yourself like just scrolling through instagram and stuff like how often would you see a direct advertisement to brought follow? to you by facebook to yeah. follow yeah. or like go it's, to their page and follow it's weird it's a it's, <laughs> a, it's a so like twitter does it I yeah think twitter actually has like a paid to follow yeah um but instagram you'd have to just run like a super compelling ad that would make somebody like want to it, just tough exactly and yeah. so you're paying like two to three dollars practically minimum for a very targeted follower and so like the 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 negotiation and like the counter argument of the giveaways in terms of scalable growth yeah. is you're able to gain hundreds of thousands of followers on a monthly basis and it's around 10 cents a follower okay so that and starts to make yeah make and so, so so even if even if some of them aren't your your perfect audience it still is yeah. incredibly cheap so you're hoping that if like say 50 percent, or even like less than that if 50 percent of your target audience then you have you have volume which i guess helps with like your your cloud and just so like your your social proof because you have the volume there but then maybe like 40 or 30 percent of them are actually like people that would buy your service or engage with your content or some shit exactly yeah. and a lot of our clients are especially of the giveaways yeah. a lot of our clients of the giveaways are people who do high ticket sales so for example like we have a lot of plastic surgeon clients we're really? like yeah 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 <laughs> like the number one plastic surgeons across the u.s That's like millions millions of followers <laughs> and the reason for that is it's just a numbers game like they do one plastic surgery and it's like twenty thousand dollars so for example we have a we have a Nicki minaj giveaway yeah. uh coming up it, it got postponed, but it's going live on Thursday, March 24th. And that's like around $10,000 to get in or 10 cents per follower, yeah. a kind of 75,000 to a hundred thousand followers. So they're getting the plastic surgeons and we have a ton on, on, on this giveaway list. It's 75,000 to a hundred thousand followers. And they just need to get one client out of 75,000 to a hundred thousand followers directly coming from Nicki Minaj. And they're in the profit. And mm -hmm. so like, those are like the ideal clients. And those are the clients that like are recurring because they do make that, that and they consistently sense. make that and they buy into every single one of our giveaways because of that. Uh -huh. okay, that, that starts to make sense. Yeah. And uh, then besides okay. that, besides that, the people who, other than those high ticket sales, a huge portion of clients specifically for the giveaways are people who are just trying to initially grow their brand. Like they have a thousand followers yeah. and they need to get over like that 10,000 or a hundred thousand follower mark just for brand legitimacy. So like, it, it's like they need to get over it for brand legitimacy. And then if they get sales on the back end from it, it's like a bonus, but okay. yeah. No, that's smart. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's an interesting, it's an interesting strategy. Um, because I'm, I'm wrestling with the concept of doing it myself and I'm trying to figure out, cause I'm like, I'm at like 840,000 or something, but I don't have a high ticket offer. So for me, it's like, when does this start actually like being like positive ROI yeah. for me? And I have to figure that I, have, I don't know. How do did math. you get up to 800? It was just an insane amount of content. Yeah. So I'm like three to four pieces per day. Uh -huh. I ran ads, I ran yeah. ads, but they were very expensive. So I stopped. So it was yeah. just, I turned myself into a content marketing machine and that was pretty much it. That was, that was how I grew. And I've been doing that for yeah. a long time now. Uh -huh. So 
but I also and so have, that's the that's the ideal way, and it's either benefit it's is, either benefit time is, or money. So I get I get also I have an edge because I get celebrities on my page, right? So I get notable names, and I get when somebody comes on the show that has it could be it doesn't matter how many followers. If I put that content out, then they're reposting it against exactly. their audience. So I'm getting access to some celebrities' audiences already that normally most people can't get tagged and be reposted on whoever's audience, right? Like it doesn't really happen for most people. It's half the reason why I love podcasts as a content marketing <laughs> thing because it works, right? You put out a piece and you tag the person who you interviewed and they either will actually ask you for that piece and post it on their channel in like an actual in-feed post or they'll just re they'll put it onto stories and then that's across all their social. So I could like, you know, you tag them on Twitter, they'll retweet it. You put them on LinkedIn, they'll repost or reshare it on their timeline. And it's a great pitch. Like you, yeah. you're go going up to them giving value. Basically. Well, I, not only am I saying you're getting access to the audience that I have, I'm also saying that I'm going to basically be like an outsourced content marketing team for you with all the stuff we put together. So I'm going to get like out of this probably like 30 different clips. So sick. Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. So my editor's going to like edit it all out. We're going to timestamp all the different questions that I asked. And each one of those is going to be like, you know, a either like 45 second to like two minute clip yeah and that's going to be like 30 pieces of content that that person can use on their website it can use on your instagram you can use it forever it doesn't matter i don't even care if i'm in it usually they include me in it but like <laughs> at the end of the day like if if i keep doing that as a service it's zero extra effort to me because i'm already doing it for my own channel yeah but also it's going to get me exposure to their audience so but no. i mean that's like very different than yeah. what most people have access to most people don't have that access unless you start a podcast and you do have incredible people that come on the show most people don't just get retweeted or like or, or shared to a story of a celebrity <laughs> right so but that's my, unless you that, pay them <laughs> unless, unless you pay them exactly that's that but that was like my marketing mind at work when i'm like how do i grow my own personal brand it's like i need people who are like super impressive to talk about me and this is how i'm doing it it's so dope yeah yeah uh -huh. yeah 100 but the the strategy makes a lot of sense and the and the cost per follower is like incredibly cheap yeah it's super, super cheap. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't get any cheaper. So yeah. when I ran ads, when I ran ads for followers, I would run ads like anywhere like outside of North America. In North America, so most most expensive market run ads like US, it's like two to three bucks a follower. Canada, Australia is like maybe a buck a follower. Yeah. And then like Philippines, Pakistan, anything outside of that is like between 20 to 50 cents a follower. Still like they're very not targeted expensive. either. Yeah. They're still uh -huh. not, like you can yeah. target a little bit. You can target like their interests and their language and whatnot, but it's still, yeah. the, the cost is still expensive. So it's like, if I could get 10,000 followers from Nicki Minaj, that's probably still more targeted than if I'm running uh, a campaign and targeting some country in the world that's outside the US gonna be like 20 to 30 cents per follower, but it's still like not easy to do. Exactly. Because there's no direct ad set that you can run it will push people to directly follow you. It has to be like a choice on their on their behalf. So the ad has to be super fucking compelling to make sure that they actually do that. Yeah, and you easy. gotta run like an engagement campaign. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Well, you just try. And, yeah, and like and forget about the testing phase, which also is just super expensive, where you test like the creative and the copy and the targeting, and you make sure that all that resonates. So yeah, it's uh, it's smart, very smart. Okay, so this is what. Okay, so this is, and you've you've run these on yourself, I'm assuming as well. Like you've run, you've we been, put ourselves in every single giveaway. Yeah. That's how we ran. That's how we got from uh, the thousand followers that we were at to over a million followers. Okay, so talk to me about community building, and why I say that is because that's what you're doing now. So I, when I look at your brand, I see you as a great community builder. I see you as all the stuff you put out, the parties that you hold, uh, the NFT that you drop. All that seems to be. I don't know if you did this purposefully, but it seems to be about community building because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what's going to basically make that business take off. So 
did you do this purposefully when you wanted to drop an NFT? Were you like, I want to create community. I want to create access. I want to create events. Or was that something that you, you almost did just because you enjoy doing that? Like you seem to like, like love partying and shit. So it was like, I want to create a project that sort of like helps me like sort of double down on what my brand is already about. Yeah. So for NFT projects specifically, it's 100% about community. Yeah. The, the entire NFT community is like, each project is like how valuable you can you can build a community and like how much value you can bring to that community. It's with every single like top project, like the Board Ape Yacht Club, yeah. which is like one of the top pro NFT projects like out there. Is it, it is what it is because of the community that they built. It's like amongst celeb owners and very very rich people that people want to buy into it solely to get into that community and get access into that community and so like yeah that was like top of mind in terms of what we were doing with like so our nft project it's called like fraternity apes party frat apes yeah i saw this shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so so we were we were waiting to to launch an nft project because we wanted a utility component to the project and because we're in a landscape now where only NFTs succeed if they have a utility aspect. So, yeah. so for a long time, they like there was like there was like hype at the beginning, yeah. And then you see like even like the search terms on Google like they're drastically declining. So yeah. we were talking before about like all the all the crypto projects that failed. There was no business fundamentals, no utility. So now when you launch something, like you have to figure that out. So what is okay? So how did you figure out utility? How were you like this is how I want to create utility for for fraternity apes? Yeah. So it, it came because. Back in 2021, uh, we got the opportunity to uh, throw a massive party because we had a sponsor. We had some of our clients in Miami at the time, and it just lined up where we were doing two giveaway campaigns back to back. We were we were filming with Rick Ross and we were filming with Lil Baby on the same weekend. And so we were like on top of the world and we were like, Let, let's do a crazy party. Like, let's do a crazy event. And so we set the, some things up and we had a we had a yacht event at yeah. the start. And then, so uh, Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, a yacht event at the start where we tied up three yachts together, three 75 foot yachts. And then we went, we, we went to a mansion the next day and nice. threw a crazy mansion party. And we were able to do that because one of our clients who's like such a good friend and like, we do tons of investing with him, like in real estate, his name's Robbie Clark. This guy's a savage. I was talking to you about him too. I think I see. Yeah. You, uh -huh. Yeah. I saw. So I'm supposed to do a show with him too. Or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll, okay. I'll, I'll line that up okay, if cool. you want. And, uh, he's great. He, he owns like 300 million plus in real estate right nice. now in Canada. We're trying to bring it up to a billion by the end of this year. And so, uh, he helped us out with sponsoring, uh, the entire event, the first event. And we thought that would be cool because we had the opportunity where it was over a huge uh event it was the it was the floyd mayweather and uh and logan fight and so everybody was in miami yeah and so we were able to reach out to all of our celeb friends all of our influencers and be like yo we're throwing these crazy parties like uh come through if you're if you're okay to post on your instagram and stuff and like uh want to want to do anything and so uh, on the yacht, we had like little baby and blue face were there and we had a great time. And then at the mansion, uh, it was, it was blue face came to perform rich. The kid came to perform. And then like a bunch of like random so, selections. And this is just up. because this is because you've been doing this and you've been like building out these connections and this network for all the actual work that you're doing with high key. 
previous to the NFT launch. Exactly. Okay. It was the, yeah. yeah it, it was the accumulation of yeah. all the connections that we built up. That's from, smart. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's yeah. very smart. <laughs> See, you know what? There's something to be said. Like this is like you know, you did it one way to build this incredible network, and look at what that allows you to do. Yeah. That's a, that's an awesome network to have when you want to do anything. Now you have this like group of celebrities you can tap into. The same shit with like actually building a podcast. Like literally, you, you just find you have to find ways to like to orchestrate like connections. So like, how do you orchestrate connections? Well, these people that are operating at this level, like a celebrity or like some, like an incredible business person who who's achieved so much success, like you have to provide value to them in some way. And like, if you want to like, I don't know, like hockey stick growth curve, like exponentially grow your career, like find a way to provide value for like the most influential people in, in the world. And like, you'll find yourself in a pretty damn good spot. But it's it's like I think that you have to think like that when you're trying to build a brand, start a side hustle. Like, how do you not just cater to like the average client, but how do you cater to the people that are the most successful at what they're doing? Because there's more than just closing a client. You want a client with a network, with relationships, like with things that can provide uh, like ancillary value outside of just like the retainer or the dollars that they're paying you. One hundred percent. Yeah, there, there's been clients that like over the years we I've done so much free work without yeah. without taking a single dollar because I know that just building the relationship and having that relationship there, like with them referring over clients or like just talking about us to like a high level group of people. And then like the business that brings in the long term is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in reality, like the, the, the time that we've been in the business space has been very, very small compared to our entire time horizon. And so like, if I can already see a justification of like building relationships and like what that does in terms of like revenue and, and bringing in like natural business, and bringing business like from friends and stuff yeah it, like it, it's the way to win in the long term 100 uh -huh. okay so um okay so nft project understand utility um so what is what what is the utility that comes from fraternity apes yeah and also and also why did you go into nfts so what why do you believe in web3 nfts crypto all that yeah so with the nft spaces we were uh we were heavily in the crypto space already so like uh, when we got into NFTs, we had a we had about ninety percent of our net worth in in crypto. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you don't fucking diversify. Like you're all in. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Well, I, I have net worth in crypto, but not ninety percent. We're, we're, we're so young that like I, yeah, I your always risk is like yeah yeah like I've I've thought about everything like when we first started up our business in uh when I was like eighteen and yeah. like all my friends were going to college out of high school and like I already had the business is I'm like damn like I could feel miserably. Like yeah. absolutely miserably till 25. And as long as I had a ton of knowledge, like real world applicable knowledge from it by just like grinding and like learning about it, I could fail miserably, go bankrupt. 25, I could, I would be more set than the people who went to college for business. 100% so agree that, with that. Yeah, so that, we could have a whole conversation about why traditional schooling is yeah. not setting people up yeah. to where they need to be. Yeah. yeah. And so that was my mindset of that where like I could just miserably fail. And so like that was the... That was the same mindset with like, I'm going all in and risking everything yeah. if I see a huge opportunity because I can, I still have that time horizon. Like I'm 22 right now. And so I could still miserably fail for, I could still, so miser young, I could still miserably fail for like four years. And like, yeah. we're, we're at a point with our business where it's like, it's not possible to fail. Like yeah. we have things set up where it, we have so many streams of income that yeah. are coming in. So it, it's set where like, even with our investments, like with crypto, crypto could go as zero, which like is impossible, but like crypto could go as zero theoretically. And we would still be good. 
side with like our revenue and stuff. So that's how I see. And even things. when you went into crypto, like I, I found you on BitClout. Like you were figuring yeah. out like <laughs> you were figuring out like the the intersection of like crypto plus social. You're putting out like a ton of like memes on crypto as well. Like and it was just like you just like dive into new stuff like really effectively. I think that's probably always been I don't even know if you're like aware of this, but I think that's how you've always succeeded. You just dive headfirst into shit without like second <laughs> guessing yes, it. I wasn't even and like about not that. even like and not even like not even stressing about it. Like you just like who starts like mastering BitClout through like crypto memes and you built out like a huge brand there. Like it's just jumping into stuff before you're ready, before there, before there's a playbook for it. That's literally been everything you've done. Yeah. And and for anybody who's listening who doesn't know about BitClout, uh, it, it was previously BitClout, which was like uh, back in March uh, 2021. Oh, I didn't and, know that. and then it, it switched to DSO because okay. they went through a rebrand because they had a ton of like really bad stuff that came out right, right at the forefront of it. Yeah. But now it stands for decentralized social media, which is way better. It's literally on Coinbase now, DSO money sign DSO. Yeah. And then they, they did that because people conceptualized BitClout as just a one application like Instagram, where it was like competing with like Twitter. So it was like the decentralized version of tr Twitter and it was competing with it. But they switched it to DSO because it's a layer one blockchain yeah. that decentralized social media platforms can build on top of. And you're gonna of. build applications on that. Okay. Exactly, and there's already tons of applications built on it. It's nowhere near where it's where we believe that's going to be, and like we we know the people who who created it, who founded it, and we're heavy believers just in the aspect of decentralized social media so much. Like we've been headfirst in social media for the past six years, six seven years, and uh, we think that decentralized social media is the next step. Even though it might not be here yet, like we know that that's one hundred percent the next step. And uh, yeah, giving people ownership back in their content, giving people ownership of the platform, mm -hmm. giving people control of like no advertisements being on the platform, like so many different aspects of like being able to invest into people's the, the craziest thing in, in our mind is being able to invest into profiles. Yeah. So it's like brings a gambling component, it brings a component of like uh, long term value, like being like, for example, like you being on like a, a platform that's on DSO and like I'm like. I'm just on this podcast. I'm like, damn, like I really believe in this podcast. And like, this is like fast forward to the future when DSO is like the main thing. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I really believe in this. I'm going to put money into your social, this podcast, into yeah. your social profile. Yeah. And cause I believe in it and passive income being made just by you delivering. Well, that's the thing about like, like with NFTs, with, with DSO, um, and even like the first version of BitCloud is about like, how do you unlock all these opportunities for creators? How do you unlock? Because for the longest time, creators were getting screwed by social because they were Gosh. social was making so much money off of the eyeballs that were looking at these creators. And like, yeah, maybe YouTube pays them a little bit. But outside of that, creators really get screwed. So this is like you give creators the opportunity to not only do incredible work, but now actually get paid for it. Exactly. And people can actually put their dollars where they want to put their dollars versus putting, you know, their dollars towards like, you know, Google or Facebook or whatever it is. Right. So very cool. Okay. So, um, that's why, that's why you're doubling down on NFTs. You started your own project. Um, so talk to me about fraternity apes. What, what is it? What are you trying to do with it? What are you trying to accomplish? What's the community you're trying to build? For sure. Yeah. So we started fraternity apes, like building it out in 2021. So we were already heavily invested in the crypto space already, like already doubled down on like DSO, which is decentralized social media. And we were, we were like 
now it's time to uh, launch our own NFT project, especially during this time, we've also done marketing for other NFT projects. Mm -hmm. And so like we, exp we, we showed our capabilities of what we could do with like building communities, uh, building a Twitter audience, building a discord audience, uh, building these massive projects that like a majority of them sold out and uh, some did well, some didn't. And so uh, that's what we had like as like our backbone. And then we thought we were thinking about like different utility aspects that we had. And it was just like all the value propositions that we had. So basically we, we could give people access to celebrity events that we had in the future because like we throw them at massive mansions. And so there's more than enough room and everybody wants to meet a celebrity and talk with a celebrity at mansion. And so we, we give access to celebrity parties. That's what one thing uh, we can, we thought about hosting uh, Zoom meetings and masterminds and Discord AMAs, basically like huge meetings with like holders where we could express like different things about how to grow a business, all the mistakes that we made, and then do interactive AMAs, which are like ask me anything, mm -hmm. uh, where people could ask about like their problems and uh, anything that they're struggling with in business. Just like how we made the backpack mistake, who knows one of our holders could be coming onto one of those stages and asking me about uh, asking me about a specific situation. I say one thing that changes their entire trajectory. Yeah. And so that, that's another thing offering consulting and, and, and that, and then uh, building an extremely, extremely strong community and, uh, and like all the things that are going to come from in the future, like they get, they get access. So all of our holders get access to our entire brand. And so like, whenever we, uh, whenever we partner up with a new celebrity, like we're partnering up with Nicki Minaj, that's going live in a couple of days, partnering up with Cardi B next month. That's in direct association. Cause we're high keys, the backbone of fraternity apes. Um, was it, is it hard to like now that NFT, so there was like kind of like hype around nfts you had like stuff like people selling stuff for like like x millions of dollars Crazy. like just insane mm. now that it started to decline do you have problems marketing nft projects do you feel like you have to like regain trust in people or are people still on that bandwagon for sure people are very skeptical about projects especially like whales and stuff and you have to really win them over and they usually uh don't see it don't believe it until they see it type of thing and so like that's what happened with our project too like it didn't go as successful as like we hoped for uh but like we're going to be winning over people in the long term just like how some projects just like spurred up and like either either like don't sell out or like sell out very fast and then drop in value a ton like people are going to be seeing like the value that we constantly deliver over the long term and then get into it after after they see that and where do you think like where so NFTs went up, went down. Where do you think the actual like future of NFTs are going to rest in terms of like community creator economy? Uh, what what purpose do you think they're going to serve? So the basis of NFTs is like basically the thing that's behind it is the smart contract. Yeah. Where like it's a digital contract that auto fulfills and it, it's coded into the contract that it auto fulfills on. Uh, a spe specific certain requirements and so i think that smart contracts are going to be everywhere in the future and it, it it might be ethereum it might be a different blockchain ethereum has a ton of kinks that they need to figure out to to be able to lower gas fees and all of that but 
I think that smart contracts will be everywhere and used amongst all things. Like the most major thing and industry that will break through is, is into real estate. And yeah. like, there's tons of barriers they'll have to go through. And like in crypto time, it's going to be like so long and it could be like five years. It could be 10 years, but it will come where, yeah, yeah where people will be able to in China buy a piece of land in Canada without uh, a lawyer or anything like that through a smart contract. And like, if you're in the NFT space and if you bought NFTs before, you can see like how unbelievably easy it is. If you understand crypto and understand like the basics of crypto, it is very easy. And like the thought of that being in a physical realm of like, say real estate is, is really cool because like I've, I've been in real estate investing uh, as well. And the amount of paperwork and the amount of lawyers, the amount of fees that go on with that is, is disgusting. It like yeah. makes my, it makes my stomach turn on to <laughs> In terms of how much time and money that goes into it. And yeah. so like that could be saved. That could be, yeah, like that could be revolutionary. I agree. I think it's a matter of um, trust and time because crypto is not new. It's just a matter of getting people to, tr- to, to build out utility and to build out mechanisms that make it more easy than dealing with a lawyer or dealing with an intermediary, right? Like I think that's just, I think it's going to be a long game for crypto. But I think that if you start building out projects that actually provide utility like what you're doing right now and then people start to see projects where they're like if oh i want to get into this i don't just want to buy in for like the for like the investment opportunity i want to buy in for the actual utility and then it's going to and then that's going to create some sort of um i don't know some some trust in the industry because for a long time people created projects and businesses without utility and that's what screwed over all the trust for sure Okay. Um, okay. So where do you want to take this next? Like, what do you want to go into now? I want to do, um, we've been doing this for like about like an hour, hour and a bit now. Has I want this to do, been over an hour? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> do this been sick. I want to do a couple, uh, I always do rapid fire at the end to, to close okay. these out too. But um, what's next for you? Like what's next for high key? What's your, you know, what's your goal in the next three, five years? What do you want to accomplish? Yeah. So next three, five years is we really think that in the next three, five years, DSO in particular is going to take off. Mm. And if it takes off, we'll be billionaires. The amount of money that we have invested in that uh, and the percentage ownership that we have in that. So uh, anybody listening to this in three, five years. <laughs> Let's hope, hope, pray <laughs> yeah. at this age as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we put a lot of eggs in that basket. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, let's hope it ages well. Yeah. yeah, and so like that's one thing that we heavily believe in uh, and – uh, we're working on, but it's not distracting us from our main businesses and our main source of income. This uh, currently, uh, over the next three five years, we want to be doing uh, giveaways. Yeah, for sure. It might change platforms. Like Instagram is lessening in terms mm-hmm. of like the value that's that's coming through it, and so it might change to another platform. If like our clients are more interested in TikTok, it might change that. Giveaways will always stay a thing. We want to be investing uh, more money into crypto. All of, all of our all of our profits. What do you go? What are, what is outside of obviously your own NFT project? But what are the ones that you look at right yeah, now? Yeah, uh, we we mainly store all of our money into uh, into Bitcoin, okay. Ethereum, into like the main ones. Uh, outside of like uh projects that we go heavy into like DSO and our own nft project Uh yeah um when it's all said and done uh in 150 years from now when you're dead and gone what do you want people to say about you how do you want to be remembered man i've never even thought about that just because of how how young i am because like i usually (laughs) interview people that are like three times your age man (laughs) i i i I honestly i i don't really care i'm just trying to have a 
I'm just, and, and I, I've thought about this and I don't really care how people think about me when I'm gone. Cause I'm, I'm gone. Uh, and I, I, this gets into like a huge other topic about like what, what you think happens like after life, like mm-hmm. religious beliefs and stuff. But, uh, I, I mainly just want to have a damn good time while I'm here. I want to constantly be lessening my stress. Mm-hmm. I want to be improving myself and I just want to do good and like make sure I, I'm building relationships and having fun time with good people. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Do a couple rapid fire. Um, first thing that I'm just curious about, I don't always ask everyone this, but how's it working with your brothers? Benefits, drawbacks, working with your family. So sick. Uh, the number one thing is that it's... Uh, Do I feel like kick him out of the room so you give like an honest answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my little brother uh, brother's in the room right now. But the number one thing, the number one thing for sure, and it's always been, I, I, I've been in, with, in business with my little brother for like two and a half years now, with my older brother for six to seven years since we started. Mm-hmm. The number one thing is trust. And like we've been through, we've been through t- two business partnership breakups for people who are outside, outside of, of the brotherhood yeah, yeah. and uh and now it's just the brothers that own high key like we're the only percentage owners of high key and it's the trust thing it's that y- you 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 trust them with everything and like you it, there's there's nothing that could like come in between us and like that's different for some families but like we've been through like a lot of hardship when we were younger and like we we fought through it together and like uh yeah we, we've gone through that and so that that made us pretty strong together um some things are some drawbacks are like the communication aspect to it and like a personal relationship i find this all the time like i talked about how i have a horrible communication problem but like we rarely talk about anything personal like nothing personal yeah yeah and it it just just gets to that point because like we're talking about things that are like hundred thousand dollar topics and so like uh we see it as like it just gets complicated that way and and so we're gonna have to work on that over time for sure yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh-huh. I've never worked with my brother on anything, but yeah, see that is your brother tough. in business? He's going into law. He's going to law. So he's younger than me. He's, yeah, so he's twenty five. So eventually uh-huh. he will be. Yeah. So I'm waiting for him to write out law school, then I'll hire him for something. <laughs> I'm as a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah exactly. Hundred percent. If your if your own family yeah. can't represent you, what are they good for, right? <laughs> um, okay. So uh, any regrets or biggest failures that you've had in your career? Dude, no, a single regret. And that's like the number one thing that I like I, I'm I'm pushing for, like in every single goal that I set. It, and the reason we threw the parties, the reason we start up an NFT project, even though it's an NFT bear market right now, is because I don't want to have a single regret in my life. I don't want to be at 80, 90 years old yeah. looking back on my life and being like, damn, I regret doing that. And like I knew I would have regretted not launching our own NFT project if we did that. And uh the, tons of other things. I knew I would have would regret not going all in on DSO, no matter how it plays out. I'm fine with losing that money if it's you have if, convictions on that. You have incredible convictions yeah. on how it's going to play out. Yeah, yeah, which is I think you know what though, like you have to have that. Yeah, uh-huh. to be successful. Yeah, you're doing it in a very new industry, but anybody who's had success in anything, they always go like triple down on ideas that everybody else thinks is a little bit crazy. Yeah. So I mean. What, when it, if it's DSO, if it's like, if it's a, if it's your own company, you're starting from the ground, it doesn't in any industry, like you have to be like a little bit like obsessed, with obsessed, it. insane. Yeah. 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 Oh, you should see my older brother. It's only, only thing he talks about is DSO. Good. No, that's probably why you're going to be successful <laughs> yeah. at it. Like, yeah. obviously you're riding industry ways, which is outside of your control. But like, if industry goes well, you're going to be at the forefront of that. Yeah. Right. Um, one person who's had a major impact on you. There's obviously been many, but pick one. Who yeah. was that? What they teach you? Stefan Arneo. So yeah. 
he, he, he was the person who was our first business partner. And he taught me, uh, he taught me a lot of what I know today. Uh, even though he didn't necessarily bring a huge amount of value to high key agency, like he brought a lot of value up front and then he had to focus on his other business, but I was always with him. And like, I was with him on a daily basis and he became my like best friend. And, uh, I was with him so much. He taught me, uh, sales negotiation. Uh, he taught me, uh, hiring techniques um, everything management techniques yeah. a lot of stuff where like i could come up to him with a ton of different questions uh and he would always either have the answer or like give me thought-provoking uh questions to he think challenge about. you on stuff yeah and it's unfortunate because like uh he actually he, he actually passed away oh, shit. yeah I'm yeah sorry. yeah he passed away he had cancer and very young age he, he was he was like 32 and so that 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 was really hard for me because like he was that he was by far, like, other than my brothers, like, by far my best friend at the time. I hung out with him, like, every single day, called him. And he, he taught me, yeah, he was definitely, yeah, so tribute to Stefan Arneo okay. for this well, one. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned That's sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, a book, podcast, something that's impacted you. Think and Grow Rich, 100%. I, yeah. I read that book, and I, I did so much crazy stuff after that in terms of, like, I did a, I did a dream board where, like, uh, I, I always go like bigger, go bigger, go home strategy. So yeah. like I, I, I created a, a visualization of everything that I wanted in the future, like for the next like 10 to 25 years. And then I got, uh, I paid one of my buddies, uh, who's a friend of mine, a thousand dollars. And he, he, he painted an, an eight by four foot, uh, like mural of it basically. Wow. And then like, I got that on my computer screen, uh, I have it, I have it ran on my phone and stuff and like thinking grow rich, like really breaks down about like visualizing and breaking down your goals and like your ambitions and really unreal, literally teaches you how to, how to do goal setting in, in, in yeah. a book. No, that's, that's a, it is a good book. I've heard a couple people recommend that as well. Yeah. Um, uh, if you, uh, the question, the question I always ask, but this is irrelevant to you. So we're going to take it back a little bit younger. The question <laughs> is if you could tell your 20 year old self one thing, <laughs> but I mean like that doesn't apply. So like, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? Uh, it would probably be something around, uh, the backpack mistake that we did. So it would be like something around like, uh, uh, don't be greedy. Uh, uh, always do, uh, always do product market research uh, before launching something new. Uh, I'd, I'd say those two things. Yeah, yeah. good lessons. But like, I, I say that as lessons, but like, and this is why I don't regret anything is because like, if that backpack mistake never happened, we would potentially still been selling products up 100%. until this day. And Everything so like, yeah, and so it, he, that was the sole reason that backpack mistake and us going in debt was the sole reason why I had no, the luxury of no other op opportunities, no other options, but besides do anything possible to get that money back, which ended up us going into an agency, which became like very successful and like, thankfully, like able to able to come out of the, out of the dirt, stop, stop yeah. doing the e-commerce. So yeah, that's why I don't live a... So they, like, yeah. like lessons learned, but ultimately everything also happens for a reason. Exactly. And like, and, and like the key takeaway is that, you know, if you, if something screws up, like it's only really a screw up if you don't learn from it. Yeah. Right. And obviously you did and you improved and you're good. Yeah. Um, and then last question, what does success mean to you? Well, that's a good question. Success. Uh, 
I don't think that I'm, I'm successful right now. And I think success means to me is because uh, success is like a couple of different things for me. It, it's getting to a level of where you never think about money anymore. And so like the level where you swipe your credit card at anything and you, you literally do not think about it. And so like that's with anything that you buy, any dinner that you go to, no matter how bougie it is, and, and swiping the card and not, not, not even thinking about it. So that's one level. And then there's the the happiness level, which I do think I'm successful in because like I'm an all around happy person. I've always been like very happy. Even when we were in the dirt, I was happy. Um, and so that that's one aspect, happiness, uh, the money, and then also uh, uh, no stress. And so like, that's one thing that I'm, I'm constantly working on because I, I definitely have stress and everybody has a certain level of stress. You're a high performer though. So how do you get yeah. rid of stress? That's uh-huh. almost impossible. Yeah, but like, it's true. It's true. It's impossible to get rid of completely of stress. And like, you probably have tons of stress 100%. too. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You want to, you, cause like, even if, even if say you had like, like literally unlimited money and say you had like all the happiness in the world, I think that that's a tough thing to get rid of because that's more of a, am I trying to always push myself to be better? And if you, if you do believe you can always be better, which most high performing people do believe it, I don't know how you wouldn't have any stress. You can almost just like learn to accept that you are on a journey versus like trying to ever hit like the end result. And that's exactly what I was going to get into is that it's not about taking away the stress. It's about getting better at handling the stress. Mm. And like, I've heard tons of people talk about this, like tons of very, very high level people about like the stress never goes away. The stress constantly keeps increasing. It's just how about you handle it, how well you handle it. Yeah. And so like, that's the aspect of it, about, about being able to handle the stress of like higher level problems and then like constantly gain to that. Very smart. Okay. Yeah. And then most importantly, where do people connect with you? What all the social website, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can connect with me through uh, Instagram mainly at Luke Lintz, L-U-K-E-L-I-N-T-Z. Uh, check out, check us out on D. So check out D. So I would do some research on that. Check our NFT project fraternity apes party. I guess those links will probably be yeah, in the bio. Be, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got, I'll, I'll do anything you want to link. We'll do fraternity apes. We'll do all the social in the, in the show notes. So cool. Good. Cool. I appreciate you having me yeah. on, man. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. 
efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 